1: Time once again for our most downloaded episode this year. With almost 650,000 downloads in 72 countries, our episode with Mary Van Geffen, because it was at the first of the year, has the most downloads. And we know that other episodes throughout the year have an incredible amount of downloads too. So. This was the most downloaded of 2023. We hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Mary Van Geffen. She is funny, wise, and an incredible human being. This is the On Boys Parenting podcast, and we are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com. Thanks for being our listeners and we hope that you continue to listen on into the future of On Boys. Are you raising that powerhouse of a boy that challenges you at every turn, lives and feels life intensely and has energy to spare? Well, you might be raising a spicy one. Our guest today is a spicy one, and she will tell us about raising spicy ones. Stay tuned. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. I am your co host, Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com and Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net. As always, thank you for being our listeners, and thank you too for supporting our sponsors. And now, On Boys. Are you raising a strong-willed child, a spirited child, some would say a defiant child, or as our guest today has coined, a spicy one? Do you have that powerhouse of a kid that challenges you at every turn, lives and feels life intensely, and has energy to spare? Well, you might be raising a spicy one. Not only is our guest raising a spicy one, she is a self-proclaimed spicy one. And if you've seen her on Instagram, you know that part of her spice is very, very funny and very authentic. She is a simplicity parenting counselor, and since 2011, has been helping parents enjoy being with their spicy child and trusting themselves and their parenting decisions in the process. Welcome, Mary Van Geffen.
2: Mm, Thank you. What a beautiful intro. Say that before I go into each room, please. Okay. (laughs)
1: We'll just send that to your VA and let her spread that far and wide. I love it. You know, you were introduced to me uh, via Instagram by my daughter. And listeners, I encourage you, if you're an Instagram person, follow Mary on Instagram. She is lively. And man, she's got such great advice there. But it's 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 given in such a very fun and uh, funny way. So follow her on Instagram. So I'm guessing our or listeners... Else. Or else, there you go. I'm guessing our <laughs> listeners might be wondering if they have a spicy child. What's, what do you, what's a spicy one, Mary? Mm,
2: okay, spicy can be answered in two different ways. One is about the child. This is a kid that, as you said, could be perceived as defiant. I prefer determined. Um, they really have so much loyalty to their own soul and not necessarily to the adults' agenda. Ooh, and they, got one.
3: Uh, okay. Got, one. got, one. Oh, got one.
2: one. Thank you. Yeah. And they and peer pressure doesn't really work on them. And they're persistent and often highly um emotional and emotionally intelligent, although they're often more keyed into their own feelings and needs mm-hmm. than maybe somebody else's. Um, mm-hmm. They are not pleasers. They can be highly sensitive. And mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a tag that's scratching in the back of their neck or um, they smell something or they notice that you move the chair and um, they're they're intense. They tend to be louder than regular kids and they don't even realize it. And it just takes a lot of energy to be with yeah. this child. A term that,
3: a a phrase that I have used to describe my child who definitely fits that description. He can take up all the air in a room.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And being a spicy one myself, I know there's a cost to having me in a small gathering. It's an interesting, like, like I have to come to terms with the fact that I Oh, I'm going to be really present and really intense, but I might take it in a different direction or Mm. like, so yeah, you can take all the air out of the room and that is a superpower. I mean, they're usually very charismatic and fascinating and interesting and novel creatures and sometimes neurodivergent, sometimes not, right? But Mm -hmm. there is actually a neurodivergence to the idea of, I don't care what other people want me to do. which
3: is very anti-our culture in a lot of ways. On the one hand, we as parents say that we want that in our children. But when that actual child is looking at you and not caring what you have to say, that's where it gets a little dicey.
2: Yes, so true. You know, the the number one um, complaint or regret that is voiced when people are dying, according to this hospice nurse that wrote a book, is I wish I would have lived a life according to what I wanted and not what other people wanted. The spicy ones already got that. Don't worry about them. That's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> they already showed up. I'm guessing the spicy ones, too, are the ones that no matter what parents do as far as like, I'm going to take away your screen time or I'm taking away your whatever, whatever to as a kind of disciplinary crutch, they don't care. Take it. They don't care. Well, at least they
2: won't let you see that they care. Uh I remember, I remember my child being four and her doing, I mean, let's say at the time I was much more controlling because I didn't realize yet that I was dealing with the spicy one. And she, I think she was serving herself, uh, you know, breakfast and I had a whole plan and here she was dumping out cereal on the floor. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm putting this up. This is not what you're having. Um, you know, that's not what we're having today. And she, shrugged her shoulders and walked out. And I think I was much harsher than that. Okay. This is a retelling of me as a Disney mom. Right. Mm -hmm. But before I sort of did my work, I happened to like, go back just to glance in, to see what she was doing. And she was kneeling on the floor, face down on her little toddler bed sobbing, Mm -hmm. but she would never have shown that to me um, Ah. because there's this I guess I, this fear that people gotcha, you know, or they, um, a fear of vulnerability and definitely a high allergy to shame. And so mm-hmm. if our consequences or our disciplining feels like it's shame based, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere with this mm-hmm. kid. The other part of spicy is the parent. Mm-hmm. I have met children that are just dear little wise souls, but the mom thinks they're spicy because she's got her own stuff she's working on. Maybe mm-hmm. she's herself highly sensitive and is just overwhelmed by the stimulus of motherhood. And so she's sort of sending signals of like, this kid is too much, when really it's her own nervous system that is like a wide aperture on a camera taking in way too much light. Ah.
0: And it's not
2: necessarily the child. Somebody else might be like, oh yeah, this kid's piece of cake yeah. or easy yeah. to be with. So there's that. And there's also, of course, the whole cesspool of unhealed childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. If if I have not done my work and I come in to raise this little world changer, um, all my stuff's going to come up and mm-hmm. it's going to be really ucky and grip my teeth hard. And so I'm going to blame the child. So it's kind of a combination of those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more thing is how controlling you might be as a person. How much it has to be your way and perfect, then you're going to see your child as spicier than somebody else would who's more into flexible and cooperative yeah. sort of decision making.
3: You just explained so much to me. I've been parenting for a long time. My oldest turned 25 a couple days ago, so quarter century in the trenches here. And um you know, like most parents, I think most of us do get more flexible as we go through this parenting journey because we learn, um, yeah, just basically saying do it my way does not work when you're dealing with mm-hmm. another human. So there's that aspect. We do tend to get more flexible. But there have been instances where it, it can be children that I know really quite well, and somebody's perception of them is very spicy. And I'm like, I mean, sure, but I'm eh, like not off the charts spicy some of those other factors come into play that description of a parent how some of us are more sensitive to stimulus and this is overwhelming a wide aperture letting in too much light that really resonates yeah
1: yeah and I think that you know Jen and I talk a lot with parents of boys and we know boys tend to be more active than girls and that can really throw a mom who has this little boy who can't sit still and won't sit still and doesn't want to sit still and is has abundant energy and it can be a real challenge for a parent to especially a highly sensitive parent, to adjust to that level of activity. What do yeah. you, I mean, you you said you are a highly sensitive person. And interestingly enough, we've had a couple of authors on the podcast that uh, William Allen talks about highly sensitive people. And that was one of our most popular podcasts last year. So highly sensitive people is is a thing. So what if you are a highly sensitive parent,
0: Mary?
2: Yeah. And, it, and they say it's about 20% of people are highly mm-hmm. sensitive. Um, Well, first I just want to acknowledge that just a kid being a kid is overwhelming to a highly sensitive person. So yep. you're sitting trying to plan your meals for the week and your kid is, has decided to race back and forth and just the movement on your peripheral is like, oh gosh, how can I think while this mm-hmm. is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have ADHD, that adds to the mix of being, you can't stay on your own plan because you keep being distracted by this physical and maybe loud child. And the more creative they are, the more they want to pull elements in <laughs> that you're thinking, oh gosh, I got to clean that up, right? Mm-hmm. So I just want to validate that it's it's kind of in your body it's not like something you can think your way out of. And I love um, in the book, Whole Brained Parenting, she talks about our allostatic load, which is basically a fancy scientific name for how much um, cost and and energy. It's sort of like what's, it's like a body budget, basically mm-hmm. always checking, where are you? Like, have you basically used up all of your um reserves energetically her advice there is to get in earlier it's not like oh man i'm this kid is killing me and it's 3 p.m and let's go for a walk which is great it's it's getting in there once an hour to care for your body
1: is this Mona Delahook's book yes yeah okay brain Um, body parenting yes okay
2: so it's just the just checking in with like where how am i doing like taking moments of pause. And, and we could even do one now if you wanted to. But I think that is a secret weapon for a highly sensitive person is it's like shutting all the tabs down on your computer once an hour, your computer is not going to get overtaxed. So mm-hmm. you might not have the luxury of like, oh, I'm going to leave and go lay down in my room and have total darkness, which would actually be a great thing to do. So, for you, it might be earphones um, mm-hmm. and and check and having times where they know you're going to be less responsive. But let's do a um, let's do a a sensual pause for a moment. You guys want to do that? Sure,
1: Absolutely. I think okay. at this time of year, we could all use that. Get ready to take a pause with Mary Van Geffen after these messages from our sponsors. Winona, menopause care made easy. Totally. So you need
2: both your hands free. And what we're going to do, and this takes about one minute, is we're going to begin to run our fingers over the palms of our hand and other fingers, going maybe slower than we'd like and bringing our full attention to just the sensation of skin dragging across skin. Other thoughts will come in and we let them just sort of glide by because right now we're focused on each divot and terrain of the palms of our hands. Another thought comes in and we just recommand our brain that right now, all we're doing is focusing on the sense of touch. We can put it in front of our face and now we have two sensations, sight and touch and our hands could be like the Sahara desert that we're flying over where we look at every single wrinkle and pigmentation change. We can add it to put your hands up next to your ears and now we've got three sensations. The whisper we can hear, the touch we can feel, and we can see the back of our hand. Take a breath and we're done. What what was that like for you guys? My head
3: was bouncing all over the place. It was. It was. It was. Because I'm like, I'm like, Mary, you'd be so good at that. What is that? What is that? Is it EMR? Is it EMDR? That thing where people they whisper on Instagram and TikTok. Like, that's what's going on in my head. And so like I have to when you say, you know, bring it back, bring it back. Well, Mm -hmm. okay, but now my my eyes, it's kind of hard to look over there at the same time. Like this is the internal monologue Mm -hmm. that's going on in my head. Thank and- you for
2: saying that Jennifer that's so normal that's yes, that's where we that's- start and there's no shame in that that is that is our beautiful brain going hold on what's happening here let me help you all narrate it i can make this safe and so just gently reminding that part of us just a part of us that's feeling um like its value is in naming things and maybe there's some anxiety you know for some of us no it's our greatest strength that we have this great ability to describe and think ahead right but just telling us that part, oh, I don't need you right now, right now. You just rest for a little bit. Yeah, yeah rest because all we're doing, come, bring that that brain and just notice what's happening at your fingertips. So it's, what's awesome, this actually, this exercise comes from the work of Shirzad Charmin, who wrote Positive Intelligence. And it's this idea that we build new neural pathways when we keep bringing our brain back to meditation. And this mm-hmm. meditation really works for me because I'm not good at meditating where there's not a physical movement involved. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think some of your boys are either. Yeah. So Probably this is not. Yeah. My assignment for your for listeners would be do this without talking about it and pique the interest of your little boy. Mm-hmm. Mom, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm taking a moment to meditate. I'm taking a moment to pause. Mm-hmm. And they may want to try it too. And um, for some people, they don't like the feeling of their hand running, like it gives them the willies. So for them, I might squeeze the wrist, squeeze the forearm, and basically you're squeezing and mm-hmm. releasing all the way up the arms. So you have some in- intense physical sensation to focus on. But just know that what Shirzad says about this is the failing and the coming back is actually where the growth is. That's Mm. where you're building the brain matter. If it was like super easy, there's nothing really to grow there. So just continuing to fail and come back is success in this one. And the reason I teach you this is it's a way of settling down the nervous system. And it's also a way of checking in, what's the thought pattern that's happening here? Am I actually making this sort of sensitive body experience worse by saying to myself over and over again, why won't he stop? What's wrong with him? Or am I saying what's wrong with me? Or I hate this job of parenting. Mm -hmm. When we do the sensual pause and just take a moment, we can now choose the next thought. And so maybe you have a thought that you want to think about this, this journey of parenting your son and you write it down and it's just your go-to. And every couple of hours you are claiming that thought and then it becomes easier and easier.
3: This idea of pausing and taking a moment for yourself is so important because you use the term allostatic load which is, you know, big fancy term and it it has a great meaning but we all intuitively know because we've experienced it. You know, when You come home after a stressful day at work and you almost got in an accident on the way home and, you know, your washer broke yesterday. All of these stresses stack up and you are far more likely to be short and not patient and not lovingly engaged with your children. When you give yourself moments to check in frequently and kind of dissipate some of the stress as it comes and bring yourself back down, Mm -hmm. uh, it's easier to deal with. Everything else.
2: Yeah. And also, part of that pause would be checking like your embodiment. Like, how am I holding my body? Am I, is my belly clenched Mm -hmm. and my hands are kind of tight? Like, take a moment and like give yourself permission to release your belly, to let your shoulders drop. That is in itself a way of resetting and bringing intentionality to the way you
1: want to be in your body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and your jaw. I always find my jaw, that's the place where it where it all lands. So yeah, doing that body scan of just like, whoo, where are my tents? Okay, let it go and release a little bit. And of course that's gonna affect how how our voice sounds to our children. Mm. As, as little as that. Well, there's three registers,
2: right? That if a vocal teacher were here teaching us to sing, there is the um, chest voice, which I'm talking in now. There's the... Um, head voice. And then there's the falsetto voice, but there, a lot of us think that if we talk like this in our falsetto, that it'll project that we're happy and I just need you to do this. But what mm-hmm. it actually projects is anxiety yes, and a lack of confidence. And so when we can find, like if everybody could put their hand on their um, chest, like below your, your neck Go ahead and sternum. make a like a honey rumble sound mm-hmm. with a B, br- r- 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 and r- then oh. try a R, r-, r-, r- and you want to feel some stuff happening underneath the hand, and that's the voice. You know, this a little bit mm-hmm. deeper than you normally talk and slower. Son, yes. come off the couch. We don't jump on the couch. Thank you. This
0: is-
3: so 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 important for our boys especially one of the things that i noticed when my boys were young and i've heard other parents comment on this as well daddy voice works when mommy voice doesn't so often and you're like why why do they listen to dad why i'm the one who's here you know and you can hear my voice going up as i say Mm -hmm. that which Mm -hmm. is what we moms often do we talk higher we talk more quickly. Boy's ears are pitched to get the lower tones that just, that resonates better for them physically, biologically, and slower allows them more time to process it. It works for all kids, but I think it is especially important.
2: Yeah, boys. You're going to have him later on, but Kim John Payne asks you to ask the question, why am I talking? And the acronym is WAIT. Mm -hmm. Um, and just taking a moment, like, am I filling the space? Because we, you know, if our boys have a, you know, a meter, like a gas meter, we use up all that gas with a lot of meaningless words, whether it's narrating, like, oh, I'm just over here getting the cup, and you know, that nervous, like, trying to keep everybody happy. Mm -hmm. Try silence, really notice why am I talking? Okay. So, a lot of times we might think that. Uh, The best way to persuade someone is a lot of words like, Mm -hmm. hey, and so listen to these two versions. Hey, it's time to go brush our teeth. And remember, we got to brush our teeth because the sugar uh, bugs come and we don't want to go to the dentist, right? So just grab your stuff and let's go upstairs. Very different than it's time to brush teeth. Just that
1: lower register. And and just a
2: couple words, teeth brushing time.
1: Yeah. It enables our boys to hear us and respond and inserting pauses too. So important. And, and as you said, I love that you said the old, the old adage is silence is golden and it is especially golden with our boys. They need that processing time. We all do, but yeah. Boys and for some kids,
2: that. it's, it's great too. instead of like, Hey guys, I need you.
0: Hey guys, I need yeah. you.
2: So bringing it down by whispering to them. So we have this amazing tool, our body. Like one day I want to write a book called Embodied Parenting and just all the ways we can use our body as a tool, you know, whether that's proximity parenting, you know, being right next to our child and using, you know, our energetic confidence to be like, this is happening. Um, And I'm bringing my full force to it instead of me lobbing commands. Hey, come on. I'm down here putting shoes on your sister. Make sure you grab that book. You know, going right to them, it's time mm-hmm. to grab your book mm-hmm. and come downstairs. Nobody's in trouble. There's no anger, no anger needed, but there is bringing your full self to the commands or the suggestions or the questions that you're giving your child.
1: Mm-hmm. These are amazing tips. And I think the, the realization that we have the ability just with our bodies just with our voices to shift out of that the you know tear your hair out side of parenting we can change it and then we're going to see the ripple effect our children are going to respond differently too many parents of boys feel judged fact of life More on that after these messages from our sponsors.
3: We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. But a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills.
1: How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten Easy Melt Vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin and I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve and I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin.
3: And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah,
1: no. And they taste good and they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants not chemicals.
3: Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melts Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash envoys. That's try, T-R-Y, dot easy melts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash on boys boys get dirty in the summer when my guys were little they spent so much time in the sandbox in the dirt that the bathwater was visibly filthy by the end of bath time
1: I imagine that Bo will be spending some time outside this summer Well, I'm remembering just yesterday what he looked like at the end of the day in Oma's garden because his hair was greasy and just wild and he was definitely ready for the bath. And I love about Dabble and Dollop, especially because I have Bo and he's two, is their bubble bath. I know when I put those bubbles in his bath, He's going to be in there for a long time, which is great. And the bubbles are going to last.
3: Dabble and dollop bath products are made with high quality natural ingredients. And as you said, there's everything from bubble bath to bath time shampoos, body washes, conditioner, lotion, bath bombs. We're using some dabble and
1: dollop um, hand soap right now. I love the scent. I love it for myself. I'm using the coconut moisturizer. I love it. It feels great on my skin. So for kids and adults, Dabble and Dollop. You can go to Dabble and
3: Dollop's website. That's dabblebath.com slash onboys, and you can get 20% off your first order. That's Dabble Bath, D A B B L E B A T H dot com slash onboys, and get
1: twenty percent off for being a listener of Onboys. I want to talk about because parents of boys often tell me they feel judged by parents of girls. Talk about that connection to the outside world you're in the grocery store and your spicy one is doing their spicy thing how do you hold that space and and uh, allow whatever you're going to allow in that moment and just that feeling of feeling judged by grandma and grandpa aunts and uncles talk about creating some boundaries and I don't know kind of a protection against that judgment from others. Oh,
2: it's that's a big pain point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I think first is figuring out what's okay with you. Yes. So if you go to the grocery store rather than like, ooh, um, wincing and 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 uh feeling um sort of victim-y about what's going down, decide ahead of time what are your non-negotiables. And for goodness sakes, forecast that to your kids, set an expectation. Um, So maybe you're okay that your um, nine and 10-year-old and seven-year-old are swarming throughout the store, enjoying looking at toys, and eventually they're going to find you. I was okay with that. Or maybe you're not, but you have to decide that what is okay with you? Because I think a lot of the feeling judged is when you're kind of judging yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, oh gosh, a good mom would have each of the boys with their hands on the shopping cart. That's what a good mom does. You're thinking that. So anybody gives you a side glance and suddenly it's confirmed, right? But Mm -hmm. if you decide, no, a good mom keeps checking with her belly. Like I, as a sensitive person, before I knew like the embodiment practices of checking with my body, I would feel... Like I always had a defensive posture the entire time in the grocery store, like my shoulders would be up and I'd be like, just get in there and get out. Just get the stuff you need and don't make eye contact with anyone. And God forbid, don't see somebody, you know, less so about what my kid was doing, but more that if they engage me in conversation, they would be using up my kid's good graces for Mm -hmm. this errand. Like my kids only got so much in them, right? You, you knew so, you
3: only had so much cooperating time that they yes. could handle this and you could handle this. So yes. we do not have time to chat.
2: Mm-mm, call me later. Cause I got 15 minutes with this kid. Um, and I, you know, I might want to push it to a second errand. So I think knowing what you want, declaring ahead of time and setting a vision for them. So we're going into the grocery store and you guys love to explore there we're going to start with the produce. What's produce? Oh, fresh foods. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're asking them a question, which engages a whole different type of their brain. So you know that they're with you neurologically. Um, the rule is that you will stay in the fruit and veggies area while I'm in there. What should um, we do if you leave that area, even though you knew that was the rule? So you're kind of gathering them in the quote unquote consequences, like wh- how will you as a family... Will you, will they then have to sit in the cart for a while? You know, just talking about it up front. So I think doing that pre-planning ahead of time, noticing what judgment is coming from within you. And then let's talk about family. Like those are strangers. They're going to look at you and make Mm -hmm. comments. Maybe I I had one client who people would always say, wow, you have your hands full.
1: heard that before. (laughs) You have
2: four boys and you hear that everywhere you go. Yeah, and she would take that as a dagger to the heart. Mm-hmm. Like a confirmation this person saw she didn't have control and um her boys were behaving poorly. It's like basically if you see me and comment on me, it must be because I'm doing bad. And together we worked on her deciding to tell herself when someone tells me that, they are affirming that I am bravely going out into the world with my little Peter Pan brigade. And that there, that there is a, like a hero part to me. And they see that they couldn't do it, but they see me doing it. And Mm -hmm. she reported back the next week. She's like, it was a whole different thing. I, people still said it to me and I decided what that meant. I made it mean something else to me. And it, it was energizing to her.
1: Nice. Love it.
2: Anything you would add to that, Jennifer, having been out in the world?
3: I think that that is such a great example because it shows that often it isn't what our kids are doing. It's not even what somebody else says or how they react. It's what we make that mean inside our head. Having four boys going out in the world when people say that, Um, I think my default is to basically hear them saying, that looks hard. <laughs> You're doing it. And that's kind of how I took it. I mean, I love your advice for thinking through what is okay with you and communicating Mm -hmm. that with your kids. It takes a lot of experimentation to parent and even more so if one or both or all of you are spicy, there's not a recipe book for this. So what will work with this kid doesn't necessarily work with that kid. It takes experimentation. Experimentation sometimes takes trying things that doesn't work don't beat yourself up for that. Try something different the next Mm -hmm. time. And when you figure out what works for you and your family, go with it. What we did in the grocery store. And I'm really proud of this. This isn't going to work for everybody, but remember I had four boys. We had to get through the grocery store. We have food and they all want to do their own thing. I gave them each their own grocery list at a certain age. And I'm talking young. I'm talking like, you know, six, eight, 10. I had kids learn how to read corn off of their grocery list. I would make sure it was things that they knew where they were, but Mm -hmm. I'm tapping into their desire to be helpful. Janet, we talk about this all the time. Kids do want to be helpful and they want to do grown up things. And so they're like, they're busy doing their thing. And then, so yes, this meant that I had small children pushing carts around the grocery store independently which did get some strange looks at first oh well worked for us and after a while I think other people are like hey look at
1: them go
0: <laughs> okay
1: that is out in the out in the world with strangers but ooh, it gets a little more tricky when it's uh aunt and uncle and grandparents grandma,
0: grandma yeah.
1: although yeah. now I'm that grandma so I don't want to be like that grandma <laughs> so there are those grandmas I guess but well um, and I
2: think look, God bless them that the previous generation they didn't know words like consent and body boundaries Mm -hmm. and uh, emotional intelligence like so there's such a learning curve so we we got to bring grace but we also get to ask for what we want there's so many areas to set boundaries but if it's around people parenting your kid or commenting on them um I think first off, you have that conversation before you're in it. So it's so important to make a phone call and say, you know, mom, you are so involved with my kids and I appreciate it. You, I can just feel your love for them. And I want to make sure that you get to be the grandmom and I get to be the parent. And sometimes I feel you wanting to help me or having a hard time with his behavior and I, you're stepping in and... And I don't want that for you. I want you to be the one who's just there to play, to read, to create a connection that's so different than a parent. It's my turn to parent. And I might be doing it a little bit differently than you. And so um, bear with me, but can you give me more space to be the parent? And maybe if she's taken this well, maybe we could have a signal where you're feeling like my kids' behavior is too much and it's making you uncomfortable, maybe there's a signal and that can help me move in because I think I might have a wider tolerance for boys and kind of how they explore the world with their mouths and their hands and their feet. I think I have a wider tolerance than you and I know it's exhausting. Believe me, I deal with it every day. But can I be the mom and you be the grandparent?
1: I love that. Love I it. love
3: that, but I also can hear it going, oh, so poorly. Ah, what would you say? <laughs> no, I can hear grandma going, oh, so you don't think I know how to parent. Oh, so you think I was a terrible parent? You don't think I have a tolerance. I mean, so many parenting things that I hear in podcasts or I see online or I read in books, it is great, excellent advice that works if both people are ready for it. But often one person has done some of the work to be in that space and the other person hasn't and I can't control other people. So it would be great if I could say that and it was received in the spirit in which I intended it,
1: but that's not always the case for a lot of people. It's the 2002 minute conversations that we've talked about before. It's not going to be one conversation, one phone call that's going to change the world with mom and grandma. It's continuing ongoing conversations throughout the year.
2: Yeah, I like to think of a boundary as it's like a little border around our garden. We set it up. We're so delighted. And then people step right over it. And so then we <laughs> gotta add, add something to it. Like we had that conversation and then now we're in it. And they she just said, Don't do that. Come down from there. And now it's time to reinforce that boundary. A good boundary needs reminding and reinforcing. It's not a one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point we say, Mom, mom, remember, I'm gonna be the parent. Oh, oh god forbid. I shouldn't you know. and that's the other thing is we don't we don't don't think for a moment that someone's poor reaction to your boundary means it wasn't a good boundary to set. In some ways it's actually a validation. When someone really gives you a hard time for setting a boundary, it shows that this is a relationship that needs boundaries. Mm -hmm. So don't let that throw you off and don't let it make you, you don't have to come up with like a lot of different reasons why, when you get that defensive personality, you just repeat your boundary. Just be repetitive rather than explanatory. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want you to repeat that part because it was so, so important. Uh, Don't think for a minute that somebody's poor reaction to your boundary means
2: Somebody else's upset around a boundary you set is not an indication that it wasn't a good boundary. In fact, it's the opposite. Often when someone has a big, explosive, defensive, um, I'm going to cut you off reaction to a boundary, it is a validation that that relationship very much needed boundaries and that that person has um, not a lot of practice of being in healthy relationships. Wow. I think we're all thinking of a specific person right now, different people.
3: For me, that is the Mm -hmm. kind of thing though, where it is important to think about it and to reflect on it because that, that two sentence lesson is something that has to be felt and lived and experienced. And the more you think about it, the more you think about other situations and other people. And that one nugget right there can really be a change in Your parenting, not just your parenting, the way you move through the world, whether it's the grocery store or grandma's house or dealing with your kids, teachers, dealing with other parents, dealing with your child.
2: Yeah. All you can be in charge of is that your intention is for the greatest good, that your delivery is kind and respectful, and then they have to be the, allow the dignity of their process. And it might be a huffing and a slamming of door. And you just breathe through it, and tell yourself, "I am lovable, even when I'm setting boundaries and not able to give people what they want." And that works with your kids too, right? We have to be mm-hmm. okay. I, I had a, a a client recently whose kid is is doing some inappropriate sort of sexual things in their social media account, and she was like, "But I can't can't take away that because." Um, you know, they would be really upset. They they want me, they said that you need to trust me. And I was like, it's okay, they're going to be upset. And mm-hmm. they broke your trust. And it's okay to say, yeah, in some cases, trust is earned. We'll start again. But for now, you're going, we're going to apprentice social media. You're not ready to do it independently. And yes, they'll be very upset. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to be upset. Our kids are allowed to grieve our limits. That's totally okay. It doesn't mean our limit needs to change.
1: Oh Mary you are so wise you have shared so much with us and i encourage our listeners to listen to this again because there is so so many levels and it's just packed in here so thank you so much and tell our listeners where they can find you and uh, and about your offerings you've got yes. some classes thank you i have three kind of core
2: 1 hour classes that one is calm one is kind one is firm mm-hmm. and um those are the three sort of foundations for effective respectful gentle parenting and so i really make my courses for people who didn't have a mom who knew about respectful gentle parenting and maybe they they know they want it but they didn't they don't feel it in their body because they never experienced it themselves so um i think that's a great place to start is to choose one of those the one you struggle with most because we need to be calm before we can be an effective parent. We we don't want to cut off being kind when we're setting limits and then we need to be firm and and for things to stick and um you know to to help our child feel safe.
3: You know this conversation that we just had about boundaries and then you mentioned calm, kind, firm and gentle parenting. A misconception that I have heard so many places lately is that gentle parenting basically just means, you know, and letting your kid do whatever it is they want to do. No, no, no. You can be kind and you can be calm and boundaries are important to keep everybody safe within a family, to keep things functional. Boundaries are part of our life and how we interact as humans. So if any of you are turned off by hearing gentle parenting, because you have heard some of these things and you think it is, uh it means that you can't have boundaries. We're telling you that that is a, that is a incorrect perception. Boundaries are important.
2: Yeah. And I think with, with gentle slash respectful parenting or conscious parenting, intentional parenting, whatever we're calling it now, it's maybe moving away from punishment as your key Uh, driver of discipline and really moving towards discipline is teaching a life skill. And these little Martians just got to earth. They (laughs) aren't being manipulative. They, they really don't know. And so us modeling what we want to see. So we're never saying, don't you dare yell. You shouldn't yell. (laughs) You know, I'm going to smack you for hitting the baby. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of 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 this gentle parenting is being the person we want our child to be. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah.
1: Wise words, and we uh, listeners, you can find Mary at it's maryvangeffen Right.
2: Yes, but really, yeah. all I spend my time on is Instagram. I put something on there every day. So oh come my gosh. See
1: Oh, Mary, I think that we could have some uh, some very fun coffee conversations and uh, lots of laughs, but I know you are doing such important work and thank you so much for shining light on spicy ones in a way that we can meet them where they are and not try to change them because we, when we can embrace that energy, it's a, it's beautiful.
2: Yeah, these are the world changers. These are the future CEOs and the activists, and they're going to do great things.
1: Respect the spiciness. We hope you found value in this episode and that you have new insights into that spicy one in your life or maybe your own spicy life. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-host, Janet Allison of boysalive.com and Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net. As always, if you found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. And thanks for supporting our sponsors.
0: Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable.